All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. Old Biscuit stopped by the studio to have a talk about one of her favorite subjects today: communication. Yeah, it's really exciting. I've been taking notes and kind of coming up with things we can talk about, and then somebody messaged you on Instagram yesterday, <laughs> and like just crazy because I've been pushing for this episode, and uh, they said. Can you do a comms check around how you learn to communicate? And I'm like, Bill. Yeah. There you go, son. And this is really one of Brooke's pet peeves right here is communication. And it is extremely important. And I hate th- the word pet peeve. Oh, um, my bad. This is one of Brooke's, what would you call it? I'm man? very passionate about it. Yeah, she's passionate about it. This. So the guy that messaged me on Instagram, this is Teddy. Teddy, I don't know how to say your last name. But uh, I guess this one's for you, man. Pretty cool. The message you sent us kind of just drove it home that we need to sit down and have a chat on this. And this isn't going to be the end-all, be-all on communication. This is going to be mine and Brooke's perspective on it and what's important to us about it. And I want to clarify, too, um, that from my opinion, the things I'm going to be referring to, I'm mainly talking about, like, adult-to-adult relationships. And I'm not necessarily talking a lot about um, romantic relationships either or Mm -hmm. with your kids. I'm more talking about like your everyday. I mean, it works on you, but a lot of this stuff is more like leadership in business, um, your acquaintances, your friends, new people you're meeting. Um, I feel like that's where these these things are really going to stick and change your life. I mean. And I'll try to. Relate it back to kind of what we learned in the military about communication. So, oh, great. Um, oh, well, <laughs> hold on. Let's let's do a little housekeeping real quick. First okay. of all, if you're a basic course graduate, a basic course alumni, I, and you're listening to this, I want to let you guys know that I'm in the process of planning a extreme alpine mountaineering course. It's really extreme. This I, summer, I don't agree with it. I think it's too dangerous. No, it. it I mean, it's it's it. I'm planning on this is one of my favorite peaks out west, and I'm planning on putting a team together to summit that peak. I've done it before uh, a couple times, and it's just a, it's an unbelievable place to go and experience. But anyways, because because it it is different i'm only gonna i'm only gonna select people for this mission that i know and that have the skills that we teach in the basic course so if you're an alumni just know that this is coming if it's something that you're that you might be interested in go ahead and get the wheels turning in your head when i release the dates it'll only be to basic course alumni and i'll i'll select from there Okay. Uh, Where so, will they see those dates pop up? Email. Yes. Yes. I'll I'll email them individual. I'll probably send out a group email to all of our alumni. Okay. And then they'll be able to respond uh, with their interest. And that's that's happening in 2021 sometime. It'll right? probably be in August. Okay. Because we'll be get we'll we'll on this mission we'll be getting up so high that for most of the year it's all there's snow up there. So you can really only summit this peak uh, July and August, really, mm-hmm. is the only two months of the year that you can do it. Yeah, we got to silence our phones. So, 
Yeah, mine's silent. So Mine is just know that, that that's probably coming. I'm in the process of planning it. I have every intention on doing it, and it'll just be a one-off, really cool, extreme mission that we can go on, small team. But there we go. There's that. I want to tell you real quick about our sponsor for today's episode, Wazoo Survival Gear. These are some of our favorite products that yes. we use out in the backcountry in the wilderness. I always have my bushcraft necklace. Uh, it was really cool. Two of our students on Team 7 this past weekend both had their bushcraft Man. necklace on. They're like Wazoo is really cool, and you should buy from them, but like if you're looking for a gift for somebody... And you're like, dang, I want to give so-and-so something really different and cool. They have the coolest stuff, and nobody else is going to give them that gift. Like Bushcraft Necklace, the bandana, the foraging bandana, yeah, freaking yeah. epic. Yeah, like, they've got two bandanas. One is foraging. It, yeah. it lists out all the, or a, a lot of the edible plants that you'll find here in North America. And then the other one is actually identif- helps you identify animal tracks. So, so cool. there's two different ones. But um, they have a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, they do. I mean, the 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 the, the majority of their products are are uh, wearable survival gear. Basically, it's simple things that you can wear on your person day in and day out that are going to increase your capabilities. Yeah. Uh, wherever you go, if you run into any kind of issue, or even if you're just you know you just need some little tool or something to get a job done. Could you imagine how valuable? Like the bandana, like the foraging, both, but the foraging bandana, like crap hits the fan. You don't have Google anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, if you don't know what plants are edible and what aren't, like that would be such a valuable piece of gear to have, you know, just in case. Yeah, a hundred percent. Some cool stuff. So if you guys want to check out Wazoo, um, I'll attach the link to their website in the show notes to this episode. It's a special URL. Uh, with uh, with for for you guys that they've created, um, it's just wazoosurvivalgear.com If you don't know how to look at the show notes, but if you click the link in the show notes, it's a special URL. It helps them uh, see that you guys are three of seven podcast listeners. They've given us a pro code for twenty percent off of yeah. their products. You won't find that anywhere else except for here on the three of seven podcast. I'll attach that in the show notes, and uh, also give them a follow on Instagram. Um, Dustin posts, Dustin is one of the owners of Wazoo. He yeah. posts some really great, funny, he's awesome. and, and not only funny, but informative content. He's very active on Instagram. So yeah. check him out on there. So he's a great dude. That yeah. whole company is great people. So that's Wazoo. Wazoo, thank you for sponsoring the three of seven podcast. Yes. All right, boo boo. I know you have a really great vision for this, um, for this episode. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I can kick it off. Um, and I want to say too, a lot of the principles that I would say both of us use, yours a lot come from the military, but I know you've said before, the book, everybody knows it. It was written a long, long time ago. Um, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, if you guys are, I'm not even going to list off stuff. You just need to go read it. Like it's, it's awesome. And a lot of the things we're going to talk about today are in that book, but there's more detail. Um, so let's talk, let's start with, let's start with bad habits. Let's start with bad communication habits. Like what are some things that you see, what's the most common bad communication habit in your opinion? Like just meeting somebody for the first time or talking to somebody 
I mean, do you have one that you can think sticks out, just aggravates? Well, I mean, one for me that, that I know I screw up on all the time is like, if, if you're, if you're trying to talk to me and I'm trying to do some kind of work on this cell phone or I'm, you know, answering messages or sending emails or something, uh, a lot of times I'll try to continue doing what I'm doing and just kind of half listen to you. And then you usually end up getting pissed off at me. I don't, I don't want to talk about relationships. No, I, I know. But what I'm saying is this is a bad habit of I think the way to clean up this communication problem is, and we do it, we put it into practice sometimes, is I, I will straight up tell you, I'll have to just tell you, hey, baby, can I finish what I'm doing here? And then I will put this down and give you my full attention. So we have to take time to establish that of, is what do you what what you're saying? Is it an emergency right now? If it's not, if you just want to tell me about your day or something, and it's appropriate for me to be able to finish up what I'm doing on my work side first, I need to tell you that. Hey, can I finish this up? And then you're 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 like, yes, I'll leave you alone. I finish it up, and then we can talk instead of me trying to halfway work and halfway listen to you. Um, so that's a bad habit of mine. Other bad habits. Uh, that you see from other people is just, I mean, a huge. I think the the hardest part of communication as a whole for most people is the listening portion. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, what are some things you see like interrupting, um, getting distracted? And I'm referring to like if I'm talking to you, what are some things that you are doing while I'm talking that you know you're not you're not displaying good communication. Um, if you're talking to me, um, well, I mean, what just came to my mind is, uh, looking at each other. Yeah. Eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Right? You see that, you see that a lot is, um, you know, and I think a lot of people, uh, and maybe that's even, it's, it's funny to think how, uh, your, your own self-confidence could play a role in your communication. Cause I feel like if you can't look at a person in their eye when you're having a con in their eye when you're having a conversation with them that's probably the roots of that is some sort of confidence uh or, or some sort of weird personality trait well it's a learned ability too because you don't i mean i know you've talked to those people who lock eyes with you and they don't break it the whole time you're talking that's not what we're talking about that's not what you want to do right yeah that's two kind or of three kind of be a little weird yeah exactly two or three seconds look down look away, come back, you know, like there's an art to it and mm -hmm. it's not, it's not easy. I mean, I don't think it's innate. No, I mean, listening is tough. And, and a two, I think that's tied into, um, our, our attention spans are really short now mm -hmm. because we're so used to being instantly yeah, like gratified. Right. So our, our attention span and being able to really, and two freaking, how I mean, how much now do we try to communicate via some sort of text message? Yeah. Uh, whether it be social media or actual text message on your phone or email or email, where that does not even require that personal interaction and looking at each other and and really being mm -hmm. engaged and listening to each other. I think the the way 
it, that technology severely degrades our ability to focus on each other and have those face-to-face conversations. Compile the technology with all the coronavirus crap and you just have a crap storm for terrible communication. Yeah. So I, I can't have a con- I I cannot have a I don't want to say I can't. It's hard for me to have a lengthy or meaningful conversation with somebody that has a freaking mask on. It just it's Let's tough. not can we not go there? I know it's just tough for me, but that's all part of it. You went there. I didn't go there. You talked about all the coronavirus <laughs> crap. You, you are, went there. You are trying to bridge off into our relationship and like masks just stay focused well i know what i want to say we're talking about communication okay okay so listening i like what you said about listening so i have a list of questions like so you guys can kind of check yourselves um and if the if any of these apply to you it's not the end of the world it's just something that you know you need to work on right um do you talk over people or do you interrupt that's one of my absolute pet peeves and I do it, especially to you. I don't do it as much to other people, but you start talking and you say something that triggers me and I can't wait till you're done talking and I stop listening and I interrupt. Mm-hmm. And we have people in our lives who we love very much who do this so much. And you know what it does? It devalues what I'm saying. And if you're doing that to people that you need to make a good impression on, you're you no, don't do that. Stay quiet. You know, like if somebody's going on and on and on and on, that's another thing we're going to talk about is respecting people's time and getting to the point. But just just tough it out. Don't interrupt. Yeah. That's that's the that's the quickest way to just ruin the vibe of a conversation. Yeah. Is to blurt. Well, and this tie this I can tie that in like the interrupting portion um, to when we you know we, when we were in the SEAL teams we communicated on our radios internal communication and um, that was one that was like a huge no no is if somebody was was communicating to to the the group on the radio uh, the worst thing that you could possibly do is key in. Uh, during the message that they're trying to transmit, interrupt them, right? Because mm-hmm. it just cancels out the whole thing. Um, and then, of course, sometimes you would you would have guys that would walk around and their gear was pressing on their on their mic and they were keyed up and no one could communicate. They that's called hot miking. So you know, some people some people hot mic. You know, some people add in details that have nothing to do with communication. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't hot mic. There was this guy named Fred in the SEAL teams. He had a bum leg and he hot mic'd all the time. (laughs) Nobody likes someone that's constantly freaking keyed up, hot miking. Oh my god. And no one can communicate, right? Yeah, I can't. Like I I and you know what's crazy? Like we're talking about communication. I bet I can think of three people in my life out of all the people I'm around who are good listeners. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the main things they do. When I start talking, they do what you just did. You make eye contact. And as I'm talking, they go, mm-hmm. okay. And say I say to you, I'm totally shifting gears, by the way. Say I'm talking to you about this race I have coming up. And I'm like, baby, man, I got this 20 mile race. I was going to say 50, but that's a little much. And uh, I'm so excited about it. 
this is an opportunity for you to make me like you a lot. Yeah. Hey, oh, tell me about that race. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, what do you, how do you feel about it? And most people's reaction to something like that is, I did a race like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. In Florida last year, it was a it, well, it was a twenty two miler, but man, it was hard. Like, no, you just missed. Somebody just handed you on a silver platter the opportunity to make an amazing impression on whoever that person is, yeah. and also make them feel special. And you just wasted it by not caring at all about what they're excited about telling you, and 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 pushing everything back about yourself. Yep. Like, stop that. Well, I think what makes that hard for people and the reason people, I think this really points to the fact, that example you just used, it points to the fact that people love to talk about themselves. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the most gratifying things for a human being. Yeah. Is to talk about themselves, right? So, it, uh, you know, that inherent will will to talk about yourself and your own experiences it makes it hard to listen to other people's stories but it also if if you identify it and you control you know your response it like you said it gives you the opportunity to make someone else make their day basically because you're allowing them to talk about themselves and it automatically makes them happy and you know what happens what people don't realize and that's in that book a lot is when you have an opportunity like that and you ask questions and you engage somebody and you selflessly listen to what they have to say, people like you. Like if you go for a job interview and old buddy's got his golf club hanging up on the wall and you get, it's appropriate for you to say, hey, you know what, what's up with that? Do you, do you play golf? Did you win a tournament? Like that guy loves you. You're going to get the job. Mm-hmm. And you know, not if you go, did you win a tournament? Yeah, man, I won a tournament. Oh, me too. You know, I know. And I know sometimes that that's the gut reaction because it's, it's comfortable. Like sometimes when you're meeting somebody new or you're engaging in that kind of conversation, the, the, the easiest way, even besides outside of the fact of always wanting to talk about yourself because it feels good, it's comfortable to find a way to relate to that person. Um, that feels comfortable. It doesn't feel uneasy. Um, you know, you know what's going to happen in the conversation and what's going to unfold as opposed to working on coming up with questions and finding a way to actively listen. Does that, does that make sense? Like it's, it's easier to relate and throw yourself into the conversation than it is to facilitate them talking about themselves longer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me read this quote real quick while we're on this. This is Dale Carnegie. He says, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people. And you can, oh crap, hold on. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by getting other people interested in you. And like. Pretty much sums it up, right? Yes. I met somebody new the other day. They were at our house. I've I've never met this man. Never. And he talked about himself for like no joke 20 minutes. Didn't, I don't even think he knew my name. He just wanted to tell me all about where he was from, who his wife was, this and that, what he did for a living. And there was a lot of like what seemed to me like bragging. 
but I don't, I don't have a good vibe from him. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, a lot of the stuff he said was really cool, but I don't want to hang out with him. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to be around him. I don't care that, you know, so-and-so was a celebrity and like, they sound like neat people, but no, turned off, you know? Yeah. I mean, how does that affect you when you meet somebody and all they do is talk about themselves? Um, well, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't, it, it, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't make the other person look good in my book. Um, but a lot of times I just, I just allow it to go on. It's, it's actually when I'm, when I'm around strangers, you know, I don't say much. And so a lot of times it's actually easier for me just as my personality type, just to let people go on and on and on about themselves. Um, now I'm not as good at you as you are about asking those follow on questions and, yeah. and really, you know, really uh, making that impression on them meaningfully. I'll just sit there and listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but. I, you just made me think of something like somebody listening to this right now might be thinking, well, if I'm in a group of five people and I'm trying to make a good impression on somebody that is my, is maybe it's a work party. Yeah. And in your mind, you're thinking, dang, if I don't get a chance to talk about all of my accomplishments and what I've done and who I am, I'm not going to stand out. Mm. Like, but the truth is, listen, y'all, the truth is if you actively engage everybody in that room and you don't even say one thing about yourself, they're all going to leave there thinking you're the coolest guy or gal ever. That's it. And yeah. you, people have to understand this. They think if they can blurt out, you know, that that's going to be what makes people like them. And it is the opposite. This is biblical. The is Bible it? says you will know a fool by his many words. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody has to talk. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with talking when it's appropriate, but, yeah. but that's biblical, I mean, you know, so. Um, well, and, and when you're in a conversation, you are talking. We're not telling you to be silent. Yeah. We're telling you eye contact, engage, ask questions, respond with, mm-hmm, yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that must have been really hard. Yeah, I mean, gosh, how many days did that take you, you know? Yeah. Well, let's and let's talk about too. Um, while we're on that subject, talking too much—it's—it's mm -hmm. it's easy to get carried away with that. And so, relating it back to how we were trained to communicate in the SEAL teams, before you ever keyed up on your radio in order to communicate with your squad or your platoon, you stopped what you were doing. You took what we called it a pregnant pause. You took a breath. You thought about what you needed to say and how you were going to say it, all right? You thought about it all up front before you ever keyed up on that mic and opened your mouth. And so by the time you opened your mouth, you had a plan. You had already went through what you needed to say. If you, you go through it and you're like, ah, they don't really all, they don't need to know this or that. So you could trim it up. You could clean your message up. And then you thought about the words you were going to use in order to say it. So you keyed up. It, it came through clearly, concise, and no wasted words. Love it. You know what I mean? Love it. And it works, man. Yeah. It works. And, 
being on a radio when you've got multiple people or like that's the number one way to learn that skill and we do that in the finishing school you know every every team member has a a radio and that's a big learning curve for them when yeah. they're having to talk on comms if you haven't been in law enforcement or military or something like that you know yeah no i love that i love and this kind of like the foundation of this conversation to me is like it being respectful of people's time and like you said, I love what you said about trimming it down. Like as a woman, I think of every single little detail about everything. And like in emails and text messages when I'm talking to people, I want to give them every detail just in case like, you know what, the way I'm saying this might be confusing. So let me just explain this a little further and a little further. And I've learned over time um, and a little bit from you that – People like you more if you can get your point across clearly with less fluff. Oh, yeah. Like, gosh, that, and especially in a professional environment. Like, oh, I practice this. Even when I'm posting on Instagram, uh, I'll write a post and then I'll go through that post two or three times, trimming out words. Uh, until I get it down to the least amount of words possible to make my point, right? So yeah. I still practice this, and it works, man. Yeah, it's so smart. It's so smart. I try to do that when I'm talking a lot. Um, just and, and it's something that I think you grow over time, just working on it every day and kind of noticing. I do a lot of reflection in my communication. If I'm in a group especially, when I get done telling a story or something, I kind of revert back internally and I say, did you, did you talk too much? Yeah. Like, did you, did you give a bunch of unnecessary details and waste a lot of people's time? You know? Well, how many, and how many people do you know oh. that talk constantly and they will even acknowledge the fact that they talk too much? Yeah. You you've known, you've known those yes. people that say, I, I know, I, I know I talk too much. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're freaking wearing me out. Yeah. They acknowledge it, which makes it a little better. Yeah. But then I'm just like, hey, man, why don't you have the discipline to develop some new habits around your communication skills? 100%. Like clear, concise, and man, on the phone too. Yeah. On the phone, it's like, if I call someone, I think about what needs to be said before I call them. It's boom, 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 and we're out. Yeah. Right? And if you call me, please do the same thing. Think yeah. about what you need to say. But I, I, can't, I, I can't stand being on the phone, so I'm really particular about it, especially yeah. on phone calls, man. But it, it all, like I said, the same thing goes back to respecting people's time. I mean, what... Who are you? Whether you're out in town, whether you're in someone's home, whether you're on the phone, mm -hmm. whether you're sending an email, who are you to take up so much of someone's time just because, like you said, you can't learn to discipline your communication and learn to get to the dang point? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, wait, and what is that? Is that like, I wonder what that process is because I've never had the problem that I talk too much. Unless I'm on the podcast, Brooke makes fun of me for talking too much on the podcast. This is the dang podcast, though. I have to talk. 
<laughs> this is the yeah. I I have to talk. Um, in, in public life, though, I don't talk much at all. <laughs> and and I wonder though, the 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 process of that. It's got to it's got to involve slowing your mind down. Because I've got to imagine uh, people that do talk too much. Their mind is probably all cluttered and jumbled, mm-hmm. and it just is going and going and going. And they're just blurting it out. So it's probably a process of, I imagine, taking control of your tongue and then also calming down, decluttering, and organizing your mental thought processes. Well, and you gave them a great tool earlier um, for these these people. If this is you we're talking about that suffer with just, I love this. Um, what do they call it? Diarrhea of the mouth? Yeah. Um, do what, do what you said. Try that. I mean, try to, before you start talking, don't worry. You're going to get your turn to talk. You don't have to do it right this second. Take a second. What am I going to say? Is this going to make sense? Are there too many extra details? Yeah. Is this an appropriate time to say this? Yeah. And then I told you guys a second ago, I have that mind, which you just described. Like my mind is so squirrely. I was like heavily medicated as a kid for ADHD. I can't focus for crap. And I have learned to get outside of my own head. Um, and that kind of means like you're able to, I don't know, like, how do I say that? Like what I said earlier, you say something and you back up and you analyze what you just said. Can I do better next time? Mm-hmm. Can I, you know, always be in that growth mindset especially with communication. You know, how could I improve what I just said? How can I do better? Yeah, close your eyes. If you want to get extreme with this, close your eyes. <laughs> imagine you're on the on a battlefield, on a mission oh. with a SEAL platoon, uh. and imagine that you're about to key up on your radio and say something, and if you take too long, it could potentially cost someone their life. No, we don't want to brush them. <laughs> it's the opposite. We want them to slow down. Well, yeah, I'm saying if you if you take if you have a <laughs> bunch of unnecessary crap in your message. Oh, okay. Right, you take too long on the radio that it could potentially cost someone their life because you've you've you're clogging up the net. You're clogging up the net, <laughs> man, with meaningless crap. All right. So if you want to go extreme, use your visualization skills. Um, I love this. I want to talk also about how uh, having a properly structured <clears throat> chain of command can clear up communication. And this, for me, you don't have to comment on this. I'll just go real quick. But you see it. You see it. I know you've seen it in your past jobs and, and everything that you've done. If you do not have as a... um maybe even a family structure, but especially as a business or or as a team at work, if you do not have a properly uh, structured and identifiable chain of command, your communication is going to suck, right? And understand who is above you and below you in your chain of command. Understand who you need to go and talk to if you have an issue, if you have an idea, um, if you have something that needs to be passed along, you don't you don't skip that chain of command. Disrespectful. Yeah, you go to the person that's in place above you and you talk to them, right? And if the message doesn't get passed up, 
It's on them. It really is. And it's up to, if you're a business owner, it's up to you to put the right people in the right places within that chain of command. All right? Now, how do you do that? People ask me that all the time. How do you how do you build that chain of command out? So, so that, that chain of command, that's what that's for, is to clean up the communication up and down the line within a, a team or a business. That is what that's for. Um, because you guys, I hope you guys understand that. Because as information gets passed up, it can be handled by the people who need to handle it. And if it gets all the way to the top, it better be a message that has to be handled from the top level, mm-hmm. right? All right, so how do you put the right people in the right places? If you have a team, if you have a work team or something like that, I'm sorry, but for you to to clearly and, and, and properly establish that chain of command, for you to have the right people in the right places, you and your team are going to have to go and do something hard together. You're going to have to go and train together. You're not going to be able to establish that chain of command and, and know people, know where people need to be, where people are going to fit best sitting in front of a computer in the office. Well, no, it's not going to happen. Hold, hold on. Hold on a second. Because what's hard to you is physical challenges. What about a team of scientists sitting at a computer or a desk trying to find a cure for some disease. You're the, telling me that's not a challenge? The most but the most so the most important part about knowing you as the leader, if you're at the top of the chain of command and you have a team underneath you and you're trying to figure out who needs to go where, who can you have to know each What's, individual person in your team, you have to know their strengths and weaknesses. You have to see what they're good at and what they're not good at. And the only way to expose that is through some sort of stress. That's the really the only way to expose that stress. So for me, the way my mind works, this is why we do the the basic course. This is why we do it. We take a team out, um, and everything gets stripped away. All the all the silly little walls that we put up between each other in the office or in the conference room, or you know, all the fancy clothes and and makeup and all titles, all this title, it, it all gets stripped away. If you come out to a basic course, I don't care if you're a billionaire, I don't care if you're famous, I don't care who you are, it's all going to get stripped from you because you can't cheat the mountain, mm-hmm. and all that crap's get stripped away, and you get to clearly identify the person's strengths and their weaknesses, right? And you get to see who is stronger than others. And that that really is a tremendous asset in establishing a, a chain of command. You I, know what I mean? That's the only yeah. thing I think. I wish we took more basic course teams out that were work teams, corporate teams. Um, the problem is corporate teams, they don't want to a lot of them don't want to go out in an environment like that and get some real work done. And that's one, that's a limiting factor for a lot of corporate teams. They could go to the next level if they would take their team, invest the money, the time and get a little uncomfortable together. So establish that chain of command. It's going to clean up that communication. It's going to make your life as a leader or as an owner of a company much, much freaking easier. Look, don't call me if I'm the owner of a company don't call me and tell me everything that you did because I don't need to know that. 
It's another validation, wasting people's time, not being mindful. Just, yeah, just yeah. tell me if there's a problem that can only be handled if the decision needs to be made by me. Call me and let me know about that. That can just kind of stem into another problem with leadership, though, where leadership doesn't give people, what's the word oh, I'm looking for? Authority. Authority, ownership yeah. of their job. Yeah. If you're a leader and you have four people below you and you have a chain of command, but you're still monitoring number three, two, and one. Yeah. Then you've you've messed up. Like you're you're you've broken the chain. You're not ever going to have a smooth sailing ship there. That, that so that's micromanaging. Yeah. Or in the military, we would call it decentralized command. Mm -hmm. If if you're going to put somebody in charge of something, and you don't want those lines of communication to get clogged all the time, mm -hmm. you need to give that person the authority that they need to get their job done. Not only the authority, but you need to make sure that they have the tools, yep. the equipment, the time, and the money that they need to get their job done. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if they don't, then you might as well not have them there. You might as well be doing the job yourself. Exactly. So part of being a great leader and a, a great leader is the ability to lead and be led, right? Right. That decentralized command, your team members allowing them to lead in the areas that are part of their, you know, area of operations right so yeah oh companies fail at that yes i mean miserably massive right. companies mm -hmm. they absolutely fail at that man and yeah you're right that's a lack of leadership uh a yeah. lack of ability to lead and be led a lack of empowering your team members mm -hmm. um, empowerment's huge yeah but i will just just to go back for just a second i would argue that it's not super feasible for everybody who's developing a work team who's listening to this to take their team out and put them that they'd be willing to go through some kind of physical challenge. So oh, yeah, they're I, not willing to do it. Yeah, or they don't have time or organizing. If your work team is 16 different people, you don't know. How are you? I mean, so I think there's other ways to find people's strengths and weaknesses. And if, you, if you're not able to do something like that, which is ideal, like you can still build a good team. That's just the best case scenario. Yeah. And and stress can happen at work and people can shine behind a desk or at a computer when they're under stress and pressure. You can see people's strengths come That's out. That's true. That's true. You're so hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about going out and getting super <laughs> uncomfortable, man. Oh my gosh. That's like when old Walter asked me last weekend, <laughs> Do you like the do you like the wilderness? I said, Yeah, Walter. He said, No. Do you really like the wilderness? Oh, my gosh. Does it give you something you can't get anywhere else? Yeah, Walter, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell y'all about Walter in another episode. Um, let's talk about, like, not just the interactions, the, the words and the body language that's exchanged, but let's talk about the internalization when you're communicating. Like, oh, your ear, your eye just twitched. Oh, I got to pee. That... I got to pee real quick. Oh my gosh! Hold I on. just I just introed that perfect. All right, we'll we'll be right back. I got to pee. Ugh. What's up, guys? This episode is brought to you by Salty Britches. I hope you've heard me talking about Salty Britches. It's the number one anti-chafing cream on the market. Period. I use it for all of my ultra marathons, any race, any run that I'm doing over 50 miles. I put a thin layer of salty britches on my feet 
pull my sock up over the top, and I'm good to go. One application of Salty Britches has kept me comfortable, blister-free, chafe-free for over 100 miles of continuous running in the Georgia heat. One application, yeah. And I apply this stuff to any hot spot on my body that would normally chafe or blister or whatever it may be. It's a game changer. I got enough. I got my feel of chafing and seal training. Yeah, it sucks. I don't enjoy it, which is why I'm so passionate about Salty Britches. Also, this stuff is made in America. The owner of Salty Britches, Amy, is an amazing human being that really has poured her heart and soul into making the best product that can possibly be made, and she has achieved that. Look, buy some Salty Britches, throw some in your running box, throw some in your everyday carry bag, throw some in your backpack, and when you need it, you're going to be really glad you have it. Order yours at GetSaltyBritches.com. Use pro code 3 of 7, the number 3, lowercase, O-F, the number 7, for 20% off your purchase from Salty Britches. Follow them on Instagram at GetSaltyBritches. Hey, we love you, Salty Britches. Thanks for being there when we need you. Thanks for sponsoring this episode of the 3 of 7 podcast. All right, we're back. What Now, what did you say earlier, Ruben? <laughs> I can't repeat that. I used like four big words in one sentence, and I didn't mispronounce anything. Well, I forgot what you said. I wasn't uh, listening. Are you going to leave it in the episode? Huh? Are you going to leave it in the episode? Yeah. Okay. So, what I'm referring to is like, I'm going to give you an example. So, say I'm sitting, let's do like a business meeting. I'm sitting at the head of a table and I'm the leader of a business meeting and I'm telling people about their strengths, their weaknesses, what I think they can improve upon. If you can learn to be mindful of how that's affecting these people in real time, if you can read body language, if you can, if you can realize or just acknowledge the, the emotions that may be coming up in these people due to what you're saying, you can, you can change the whole way you think. Um, most people, when they're talking, are in their own head. They're not looking at... I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, when I get on to you for something, a lot of times I'm saying, babe, why didn't you open the dog door back up? Like, come on, man. You know that's a pain in the butt for me. And a lot of times I do think while I'm saying that, that this might be making him feel kind of guilty, sad. And if you can get used to thinking about that while you're addressing people, it will change the way you address people. Chad is being a terrible listener right now, guys. No, I'm listening. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Hasn't looked at me. He's fooling with his mic. He wasn't listening to me earlier because he had to pee. This is this is what you don't do. I'm giving a great example here. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Give me some feedback on it then. You're saying pass the word, son. No. What? Okay, go ahead and tell me what you think I'm saying. This will be funny. Dude. <laughs> and look, this drives me crazy. Pa- pass the freaking word, man. What does that mean? It, it means that it, if your team puts something out, it look, in the teams, 
if you had a message that needed to go out to the whole team, when you keyed up, you said net call, net call. That means everybody on the team needs to listen <laughs> to what's about to be said. And you put out a message, right? Likewise, in the team, if a message goes out that needs to be heard by everyone in the team, you pass the freaking word. Don't let that message, that communication break down with you. When the message gets to you, you need to make sure you then deliver it to the person this. in front of you or behind you. This is one of the things that drives me crazy at the basic course or when we lead new teams, somebody puts a message out, it comes down the line, two or three people, and then somebody's just lazy and they don't turn around and pass the message back. You're saying to pass the freaking word, man. Baby, you literally just pulled that out of your butt crack. Like you literally, I said, I said, what did I just say? You're like, hold on, pass the word. You said, you said, pass the word. And then you got all freaking crazy. You it's know, true though. You were not listening to me. That is a good point. It's so true, man. That is a good point, but that is not, did you really not listen to anything I said? I was trying to fix this. Okay. Mic. So you have no idea. I was talking about. <laughs> such a. Tell me when you're done. <laughs> okay, I'm done. That was epic. I was talking about anticipating the the emotions that what you're telling somebody might bring up, especially if you're in a company, a team, a leader. Mm -hmm. If it's a sensitive conversation, if you can get out of your own, get out of from between your two ears, and you can anticipate ahead of time while you're talking what emotions this might whatever you're saying might bring up you can change the way you deliver mm. that message that is true that's really important does is it really or are you just saying that because you didn't hear me no no it really is it really is i mean you like you said and 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 hopefully like you said you know a little bit about the individual that you're trying to communicate to sometimes you don't so though. yeah you can tailor you can tailor the message in a way that it's going to um you know, it's going to have the, the desired effect on them. And a really easy way to not de-escalate. I'm so bad with words. Like if you have a wall up with me and I'm talking to you, I want to put that wall down. What's the word I'm thinking of? I want you to like become vulnerable to me and like let down your defenses. Like yeah. maybe uh, there's a better word. Sorry. y'all. So if you're talking to somebody and you're about to have to deliver some hard news or about to have to tell somebody, hey, I need you to perform a little better on this thing, right? Give them credit and validate their feelings before you deliver that message. Mm. So, hey, you know, <clears throat> Chad, you're, you're a great husband. I can tell you're working really hard. You do really well at A, B, and C. And I've seen lately... You've been really busy. I understand why the reasons that we might be having some trouble in this area, but I'm just going to ask you if, if we can improve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like, Oh, you do that so much. You, you know, though it don't work with me cause I know what you're doing Yeah, when you do that. I just practice on you. Sometimes you forget. 
that I'm doing it to you. It's it's really interesting though, because probably ninety eight percent of the people that you use that tactic on. It's not a tactic. It's just the way I am. Well, no, it, it is a tactic to it. It's it's a tactic in order to get their attention, make them feel good, and then hopefully get the result that you want to get based off of the based off of the transmission. Yeah. The communication that you send their way. It is a tactic. Yeah, I guess it is. And and yeah. you, you can use that as well to make people like you. And I'm not we're not talking about kissing butts here. We're talking about making an impact on everybody you come across and making them feel valuable and important. I'm not talking about let's suck up to them. That's not what I'm saying. But the lady at the grocery store, what time do you get off work today? Oh, not if you look like Chad. Don't ask a girl that. But Hey, yeah. you've been you've been working some long hours. You know, you, you you work really hard here. You know, I don't know, like just telling people or if you're if you're talking to somebody, you can start with, "Hey, I know your time is valuable. Hey, I know you have a lot of things yeah. to do." If you can if you can just acknowledge that you're thinking about them and where they're at and what they have going on, you're going to have their attention Mm -hmm. as opposed to just starting off with talking about whatever your needs are and whatever you want to get across. Mm, I like that boo boo. Yeah. I like that. I could make a huge impact in a business, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I've been putting a lot of pressure on you lately, Joe. Yes, you have, but (laughs) you have been putting a lot of pressure on me. Whatever. Well, you know, I want to say too, uh, about communication you know, this is a really, really interesting thing. Brooke and I go to marriage counseling once a week, and it's a way for us to sit down and have some intentional time mm-hmm. in order to communicate about uh, whatever, whatever issue, whatever, whatever thing might have popped up that week that's stressing us out. Some weeks we go and we don't really have much to talk about because it's just been a great week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, that that is a that's been a great form uh, of intentional time, to yeah. intentional communication, setting aside the time with your loved ones, uh, with setting aside intentional time with people that matter mm-hmm. within your chain of command, within your business team, within your family, within your marriage, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You can do this with every. We just do it between. You and I, because, well, I think this is the most important relationship that exists Mm -hmm. other than our relationship with God. Our marriage is extremely important. So setting aside that intentional time with the uh, the key players and the key relationships in your life to uh, to really sit down, listen and communicate. Listen. Mm -hmm. And so if you set aside that time as a family or as a business, but you don't practice all of these things. You talk about yourself the whole time. You interrupt. You don't actively listen. You don't ask questions. You have just wasted everybody's time. Let let me, yeah, you're right. Like, what were you going to say? Uh, let me ask you this. Is it appropriate if you, if you are hanging out with somebody that just will not shut up? <laughs> Is it appropriate, do you think, to tell them, hey, man, you 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 talk a lot and it's you know it it uh, maybe even say it's detract i don't know that's mean to say it's detracting from the 
group here because you talk so much because then you're kind of putting them down. But would it be ever appropriate to confront someone about that? I think it depends on the relationship. And I would never do it in front of people. Yeah, like yeah. If you ever have something to say to somebody like that, always do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you could go about that. Like, I, my mind is going to the book work we keep referring to. Um, and he says, if you want someone to do something better or different, catch someone doing something right. He says, don't ever condemn, criticize, or complain mm-hmm. under any circumstance. So trying to problem solve that question, my mind is saying, how could we tell them what they could do right to solve that problem? Mm. Would it be, hey, man, you know, sometimes I don't get to, to say a lot when me and you are hanging out. I was wondering if you could, I don't know, like somehow appeal to them that that you don't feel like you're being heard. Um, I don't know. I, I was just That's wondering. hard. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, if it's family, I would just be blatantly honest and just be like hey yeah well and i liked what you said too about not doing it in not doing it in front of the team and i agree with that 100 percent. and taking that taking it from a leadership perspective if you if you lead a team um when you have conversations uh with the leaders that are directly underneath you that report directly to you so you when you when you have conversations as a group of leaders of a team. Uh, you you need to have those in private. One hundred percent. And I take it back to an instruct from from an instructor standpoint. You know, if any time we're leading a team in three or seven project, uh, me and my instructor cadre, if we have something to discuss we step to the side and have the conversation in, in private. You you never let your students or your employees that look up to you and look to you as a source of strength, you never uh, let them think or let them hear those conversations. And, those, and especially if you're having some kind of dispute within your leadership team. Definitely. You never, ever communicate that in front of the team. And guys, oh, by the way, we're going to have eventually when we have enough students that have graduated the basic course, the proving grounds and the, um, the finishing school, we're going to have a special curriculum to develop those people as instructors, right? As instructors. And that's a, that's a really, that's, that's a, that's a different dynamic, right? And you have to learn how to be a teacher and an instructor. Communication is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. When, where, and how you do it mm-hmm. um, to to maintain the respect of your students and the people that follow you. Yeah, you have to do that properly. So uh, we'll teach that in in depth one of these days, hopefully within a year from now. So yeah, and a lot of people in that kind of structure, like you're talking about, they want to share the drama that's going on and they oh want, gosh, yeah. and, and you know what a lot of it is, especially with females is they want to feel a connection because if you're sharing something that's stressful or traumatic with somebody else, you're confiding in them and you're kind of, you are building a bond of some sort. It's just not a healthy one. No. Um, and and there, it degrades that relationship between the employee or the student and the leader. As far as a respect and exactly. like a, a hierarchy yeah. type thing. Well, yeah. 
But there are so many other ways to build bonds and connections in business other than sharing drama, drama and your per everything about your personal life. It's not always necessary to have good work relationships, no. you know? And um, we took this to the extreme in the SEAL teams. In the SEAL teams, you never saw an instructor eat. You never saw them use the restroom. That's some kind of psychological I, crap. It, it really, it, but it, it really is. I mean, if if you want, <laughs> in, in that scenario, <laughs> and and as an instructor out in the in the field, right, you want your students to think almost that you are not even human. Uh, that that's really. I, look, no, no, I'm not saying to do this in the workplace. Okay, not in the workplace, but okay. in the SEAL teams, I'm saying that we took these principles to the extreme because if you've got a student and they look at you like, oh my gosh, this guy, this guy's not even human. They're they're and you know they're gonna react to the things that you say and the things that you tell them to do much more promptly and efficiently. Just saying, that's don't, a that's a whole nother dynamic. Don't do that, guys. I no, don't I, do that in the workplace. I don't want my boss to seem inhuman. I want, I don't want to feel like I'm. E it's a, that's such a hard thing to explain. I want to feel a connection to them as a, a person to a person. I'm not even gonna go there. I can't explain that well enough. But you, but the thing is, you want to have the trust. You want to be able to trust them completely, and. Really, in some cases, in order to trust a person completely, you almost need to see them as if they're higher on that chain of command than you. Like you, that doesn't you, work. For, I I would trust somebody more that was more down to earth and like me well, than you can I would be down to earth. You I, just can't. You I just can't let them see you eat or anything. We can agree to disagree on this crazy thing you've wasted everybody's <laughs> time on. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about me. never let your employees see you go to the restroom definitely don't blow up the bathroom <laughs> oh i had one of my bosses do that that's the worst the walk of shame uh -huh. um let's talk about something me and you both really use and love is the oh i wish i could look up the quote i don't feel like wasting the time but Dale Carnegie says something about like the sweetest noise to someone's ears is their own name. That's mm. totally me paraphrasing y'all. It's just like people love to hear their name and it's such an easy habit that you can develop to just, again, boost how much people like you, how personable they feel like you are. Um, I think that really works. It does work. Yeah. People. And I suck at remembering names. So if like somebody's at work that I know I'm going to see again, I will legit put a note in my phone like Carter, construction worker that works for blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like, because mm -hmm. I'm not going to remember it. But um, I don't know. Using it appropriately in conversation. You know, you can use your pronouns, him, her, you, but every once in a while, throw in their name in a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, people love that. And they feel connected to you when you throw their name in there. You just sprinkle it, you know, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a great TTP biscuit. What the heck is that? Tactic, techniques, technique, and procedure. See, I'm cleaning up 
my communication by using acronyms. Nobody, no, nobody, unless they're in the Navy or work for the government, ain't nobody working on them acronyms. Um, names. What else do you got, Bill? I mean, that's. I think that's enough for folks to chew on. Oh. Work on being a good listener. Don't freaking talk all the time. Think about what you're going to say before you key up on the radio. Pass the freaking word. Use these TTPs like using people's names and actively listening and asking questions. Mm-hmm. Understand the dynamics of com- communication and human nature that people like to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a good impression on your team, allow them to talk about themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Freaking yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of really, really great. Anticipate people's emotions mm-hmm. that what you're going to say, how it's going, they're going to react. Establish a good chain of command mm-hmm. so communication can flow up and down and get to the right people. Yep. Right. Get, get to the point. We Don't t- repeat yourself. Yeah. We talked about how to establish a chain of command. Um, you know, briefly, and so I mean, I think that's a. That's an hour-long podcast, man. Can we talk about one more thing just real quick? Oh, yeah. And that way we will be, we'll have to come back with one thing. Um, criticizing. Oh. Oh. Criticizing. What What do you think? Do you, Have you... Oh, let me ask you this. Because you'll just start talking about freaking Navy SEALs and... You guys used to eat sugar donuts or some crap after I... When I used to eat squid out of a tide pool, if, if I If I don't exactly ask you what I want you to say, and that's another good communication thing. If you're asking a question or you're telling somebody to do something, give them all the details. Don't anticipate that they're going to know what you want, and I do that to you a lot. But have you ever responded internally well to criticism? Do you ever remember a time someone criticized you, just flat criticized you, and you were like, oh, yeah, they must be right. I probably need to. Well, I think that there is a such thing as constructive criticism. Done with the tools that we've laid out, and it's very tactfully yeah. placed, yeah. right? Yeah. This is an art, y'all. Like, this is an art. Communication is an art. Yeah, for sure. Um I don't, I, I, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head where I've responded well to blatant and malicious criticism. Not even malicious. Um, I mean, I don't think it's malicious for you to not have washed the dishes when you tell me you're going to, but I just say, gosh, why can't you wash the dishes? You said you were going to, like, just... There's a different way to get people to do the things you want them to Ooh, do. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have to say, I have responded well at times when I've been jacked up and somebody's called me out and say, hey, dude, you're freaking screwed up, and this is why. If it was someone I respected, right? Yeah, that's true. Hey, dude, it, somebody that has some credibility says, hey, man, a peer or an instructor calls me out and says, you know, you need to fix yourself. But that same instructor or that same person you respected most of the time communicates normally and it's rare that they criticize Mm -hmm. you. So when they do, you know, all right, this is real. 
Like this yeah. person, this is legit. I actually need to yeah. look at this. Yeah, I think it's funny when all the um, all the uh, internet bullies criticize people. And people get upset about it. Yeah, it's like, for real, man, like... Internet bullies. I mean, yeah, the trolls, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's absolutely freaking hilarious, like, whatever, man. Yeah, people are really bored. But say say in, like, a, a workplace or in a friend group, if if you're trying to get somebody to behave a certain way, how would you do it? Like, let me give you an example. Say one of your employees is not performing like you want them to. Mm-hmm. How are you going to approach that? I'll tell you what I do out out in the team out in the teams that we lead is I will make some suggestions. <clears throat> I will pull somebody to the side and I will make some suggestions or maybe throw out some ideas. And what that does is it forces that team member to come up with a solution to fix whatever the problem, whatever the deficit is that's happening. And then it gives them the uh, the confidence. It almost feels like it's their idea, right? So Explain that a little bit better. So like if, if we're leading a team uh, out in the wilderness and we have a team leader, we call it an LPO, just because what we call it in the SEAL platoons, we have a team leader. Right, and that team leader is responsible for every member of that team. We and, and one of those team members is really, really hurting. They're they're about to they're about to catastrophically fail, which in turn is going to stop the entire mission. I will pull the team leader aside and say, "Hey, um, what do you think is going to happen if?" so-and-so has a catastrophic failure out here amazing um what what do you how is that going to affect our mission and i'll say you know do you think maybe do you think there are some things that we could implement here in order to um keep it from getting to a catastrophic failure that's great and that's all i'll say and then that team leader is going to be like oh yeah if this dude does freaking collapse out here, it's going to take us a whole lot longer to reach our objective. It's going to put the mission in jeopardy. Yeah, maybe I should, maybe, and maybe we could do, maybe we could take some weight off his back, you know? Maybe we could uh, make sure he's eating right. Maybe we could get some fluids in him, um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. But I allow them to come up with those ideas in their own head just based off of the suggestions or the comments that I'll throw out there. This is freaking awesome. Like, that could be used with anybody. You're facilitating the thoughts that you, I mean, the thoughts that are going to lead to the action that you want. Yeah. And you're empowering them. You're not telling them what to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. People but could use that. The human, the human nature is even, and that I, I have to struggle. I struggle with it. The human nature is me as an instructor. I'm watching it all go down. Mm-hmm. Me as a leader, and you just want to stand up on a stump and be <laughs> like, "You do this. You do that. 
you freaking take this you and you you want to fix the whole situation right yeah but then you've cheated your entire team out of a learning experience and you've and you've cheated them out of that growth right and created more work for yourself in the long term exactly because they're no longer gonna do these things on their own yeah no that's that's genius i love that i one of the things other well, thank than thank you, basically, I know I'm a genius. No, that's I said that's genius. <laughs> the concept. The another thing that's kind of similar to that is catch people doing something right instead of condemning. Like if if you if you want a behavior to change in an employee or a friend, always make sure and you should do this anyway. You should always acknowledge when people around you, especially people you love, are doing good things. It's not fun. It's not rewarding for you as an individual. It really is a labor of love, but do it. Like it's one of the best things if you catch, and you catch people out in town doing something nice. If you see someone pick up a piece of trash in a parking lot, take the time to tell them, well, that was a really nice thing you just did. Yeah. Like that, that, it just fuels people. It empowers people, you know, but that mixed with what you just said, I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah, I that's, like that. So in, encouraging good behavior is actually going to promote further good behavior. Right. Instead yeah. of saying. Just pointing out what they suck at. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's going to do nothing but drive a wedge, burn the relationship. Yeah. And ruin the self-esteem. Yep. So catch people doing something right. I love, I really did love your explanation. Oh, how you do things. I boo-boo. I mean, I've been, I've been leading these teams for quite a while, and it really, really works. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Empowering. Um. Well, man, that was a great podcast, Boo Boo. Thank you for facilitating this. Yeah, you're welcome. You Hi. are a podcast star now. Uh, thank you guys for leaving us reviews on iTunes. I mean, absolutely amazing. The that you guys take the time mm-hmm. to stop listening to go and give us a, a review it helps us tremendously and i read through i read all of those reviews he and, really does and you know a lot of them have said we love it when brooke comes on and you know yeah. she um so i we appreciate the the reviews and we appreciate the encouragement because i also love it when brooke comes on she's got a lot of good thoughts brooke has been through um a lot in life a lot just like a lot of you guys mm-hmm. um and she has uh obviously helped me in so many ways and just been a a rock for me throughout my military service and all the things that I've done in my life since I was a kid um she's been been a constant advisor uh a steady voice uh somebody that I can rely on for honest feedback and um, she, so she's got a lot of wisdom to offer, and I'm glad you guys like hearing her on here. Thanks, Boo. That was really nice. <sighs> oh, thank you, Boo Boo. What the heck? You deserve it. What in the world? I'll leave you guys with a couple scriptures here about um, yeah, it's a communication in a way. Um, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. <clears throat> Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, 
that it may give grace to those who hear. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Amen. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. I'll give you one or two more. Let the let your speech always be gracious. Uh, sorry. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Um, last one. There is one whose rash words are like a sword thrust but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So uh, tons and tons of scriptures about communication. You guys Love go it. dig it in. I mean, there's freaking, we could spend an hour just reading those. So yeah, you thank got, you guys. Yeah, thank y'all. Y'all go try some of these things. Just test it on your family, your coworkers. Just see, see what results you get and kind of monitor yourself today, the next few days. Just see where you're at. What can you work on? Yeah, perfect. Implement these TTPs. TTPs of communication. Boop. Nuff said. Nuff said. 